welcome to Common Sense Medicine. Yes, it's a new health podcast uh, that is evidence based, trying to get information out to people so that they better understand their health. That's right. Just trying to make regular medical knowledge more common. Yeah, and I think you know after we've been seeing patients for a while, we realize that's what people need. They just need more information to better understand their health, so they can make better educated decisions for their health. That's right. Go ahead. You are Melissa Wood. That's right. Family nurse practitioner with additional certification in lifestyle medicine. Which is awesome. And I am Tim Chen. I'm a family physician that has big interest in public health and evidence-based medicine. That's right. Now, again, this podcast is just—I guess—disclaimer time, right? This is just a podcast for medical information. This is not medical advice personalized for people because we don't know what people are going through. That's right. That's right. So, if you have any questions, any concerns, definitely consult with your provider before implementing anything new. Perfect. So now that's out of the way, we're going to get into today's podcast. Let's do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Back at it. So we had some technical difficulties. Yes. Yes. Okay. So talking about fatty liver, right? Mm-hmm. 25% of the world has fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has now become one of the most common reasons of liver disease, including cirrhosis, mm-hmm. sometimes even passing alcohol, which mm-hmm. is kind of surprising. Uh, like we said before, it is um, a first world country, industrialized country kind of disease process. Um, and it goes in stages. So you have things like fatty liver. Uh, now, uh, hepatitis, so it's kind of like a little bit more progression, all the way to cirrhosis. Cirrhosis is when your liver is completely in failure, and the only way to fix it is transplant. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Melissa, let's talk about the scary thing, fatty liver. What causes fatty liver disease? Uh, well, our lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. just like all the other metabolic conditions that we've discussed, fatty liver has um, has the same type of uh, process mm-hmm. or, or etiology. Basically, the foods that we eat, the um, lack of activity, it kind of um, sets us up for um, weight gain, visceral fat um, right. accumulation, and then accumulation of extra fat in the liver. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, to paint this picture for people, you know, I've never had Wagyu beef before. My <laughs> <laughs> heart delicious. And it's because there's so much fat stored in the meat, right? So mm-hmm. you don't even need anything. You just put it on the grill and it cooks itself. Well, the way they make that beef Wagyu is they feed it crazy amounts of processed carbohydrates and grains, mm-hmm. which for people that don't know, cows don't eat grains. That's not what their main... De- made to eat they're made to eat grass mm-hmm. but when they eat all that processed carbohydrates what happens is all that fat gets stored now the first place things get stored is the liver then the pancreas of course the fat cells around the belly but then it can even get to the muscles and mm-hmm. so unfortunately like you said our lifestyle in the industrial world we're wagging ourselves <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah we're we're you know eating to the point where that that fat accumulation or storage has to go somewhere. Right. And right, it, it starts to build up around the internal organs and the first place, or it goes within the liver. Yeah, know? yeah. And, you know, I think this is one piece to point out to people. 
It is very food specific as mm-hmm. far as what causes fatty liver. I mean, in in one aspect, it is a problem of abundance, right?、Mm-hmm. We just are eating too much,、mm-hmm. even good things. You know, sometimes things are maybe high quality. We just eat, you know, way too much of that.、Uh, but the big thing that seems to be driving fatty liver is high levels of processed carbohydrates and sugar.、Mm-hmm. Um, what I found out after doing some research is okay. So let's say we eat an apple, right? You eat an apple.、Uh, the body absorbs the sugar in the in the apple, but it absorbs it slowly because there's fiber in the skin. There's a lot of water content, and so that gives the liver a chance to actually process that fructose.、Uh, however, in our highly processed foods, and we're talking like chips and cookies, McDonald's fast food, you know, all these things, Coke, liquid sugar, especially. Eighty percent of all that fructose that we eat never actually gets processed to be burned by the body. It goes、mm-hmm. actually straight to fat、mm-hmm. because the liver is instantly overwhelmed by the amount it has to process because there's no fiber. There's nothing to slow it down. And so when the liver gets full, it starts shipping those things off as triglycerides to fat cells to store. And when it can't ship it off fast enough, then it starts forming into the liver. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happens is it creeps into the pancreas. The fat starts to go into the pancreas, and that actually essentially the onset of type two diabetes.、Mm-hmm. So we all are starting to see that this isn't some kind of isolated event, like something by itself, but this is something that actually. Um, goes along the spectrum of metabolic disease,、mm-hmm. right? If you look at anyone with metabolic disease, you know, especially where we're talking diabetes,、um, you can you can almost guess without even scanning their liver、mm-hmm. that they probably have fatty liver、yeah. because it's part of the same process. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know some people will say, well, right? Do we need to go scan people? Well, I would say you know when you do your checkup, there's a couple of things that. That will tell you if you have a higher likelihood of di-、uh, fatty liver. Obviously, number one, diabetes.、Mm-hmm. So, right, the liver gets full first, then the pancreas. If you have diabetes, the chances of you having fatty liver is almost pretty high.、Mm-hmm. And with Mississippi being thirty percent pre-diabetes, ten percent diabetes, we have a lot of it here.、Mm-hmm. Um, another one that you will see when you do your checkup. So, people do your checkup, right?、Uh, <laughs> is high triglycerides. So when the triglycerides going up, like we said before, in the mechanism, the liver is getting full, so it's shipping energy off in the form of triglycerides. So if your triglycerides are high, being above one hundred and fifty, the chance of fatty liver actually goes up as well.、Um, if you have the central weight,、mm-hmm. the central, you know, which、uh, we really should be normalizing <laughs>、uh, that, but yeah, we see that a lot, right?、Mm-hmm. Even if people don't have liver numbers that are normal, their triglycerides look okay. When they start gaining a lot of that central weight, there's a big chance that fatty liver is already starting to. Uh, um, come in. So some clinics will do waist circumference.、Mm-hmm. Most people just look in the mirror and they can start seeing that happen. And、mm-hmm. that's like those are the signs that the liver is telling you that hey, we're starting to have issues, and we don't really need to spend a bunch of money on a scan to figure that out. Right. Yeah. And when people ask like, what are the symptoms of fatty liver? There are none.、Correct. You know, if if you're having symptoms of fatty liver, it's already, you know, <laughs> you're already kind of reaching probably that cirrhosis stage. So. Um, so really, there's there's no 
way to pick up on it other than just monitoring your metabolic health, um, your waist circumference. You can do that at home. You know, if you want to, if you're just curious, is the area around your belly button Mm -hmm. bigger or smaller than the area around your hips? Um, so we want it to be smaller. Um, so, um, if it's bigger, that means we have more central adiposity, Mm -hmm. um, probably more visceral fat. It all goes hand in hand. So um, that's one way you can kind of check yourself at home if you're just curious. Yeah. Um, But as far as watching out for symptoms, there's not anything, you know, like pain in your belly or anything like that. It typically doesn't cause that. Exactly. Exactly. By the time you're having those issues, we're kind of late in the game. Mm -hmm. And this is why, you know, and we'll just put this plug in. Primary care is so important. Like getting your yearly checkup is so important because that's really the only way you'll know kind of where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would say, okay, most people probably have an idea that probably they're not eating too well. You know, they're not exercising very well. They're not sleeping very well. They're not, you know, doing a lot of things for their metabolic health very well. But once you see those numbers pulled up, I do think it helps change behavior, mm-hmm. right? Everybody always tells me, like, I could probably eat less sweets. But when you start seeing the triglycerides go up, you know, the central weight going up, and then you see it, hey, last year it wasn't this high, but this year it's higher. Usually that triggers something in the brain to be like, you know what? I should probably start doing something about this. Right, right. And and the fact that there's no other treatment for it, too, I think... We've seen, you know, some patients, you know, they may have diabetes and other metabolic conditions that they're taking their medications for. Right. You know, they know a little bit about the lifestyle piece, but it's never really hit home. And then they get a diagnosis of fatty liver just based off of a, you know, another scan that they were doing. Maybe they were looking at for something else, but incidentally, we found there's some fatty liver going on. Mm -hmm. They ask what the treatment is for that. And, you know, it's lifestyle, it's diet. exercise weight loss those kinds of things and it's not until then that it's like oh well i actually have to do something (laughs) to to you know move the needle because there's no other way to to Mm -hmm. move it at that point yeah yeah let's do that public service announcement (laughs) melissa there is no treatment for a fatty liver like cholesterol medicine doesn't work yeah um diabetes medicine doesn't work like there is nothing you can do apart from changing your lifestyle Mm -hmm. so if someone sells you some kind of iv infusion Mm -mm. some kind of (laughs) (laughs) they're just trying to take your money that's right that's right there is nothing because like you said the basic uh, basis of it it's an energy imbalance kind of thing Mm -hmm. so let's talk about treatment and prevention because the good news is if you catch fatty liver early you can reverse this thing like Mm -hmm. this isn't something like a train that's going to keep going until it hits the end if you change your lifestyle you can actually reverse this thing uh and so let's start with a couple things the first thing we know is a too much processed carbohydrates coming in is a big cause Mm -hmm. so melissa what can we do Yeah, so just avoiding those heavily processed foods um, and beverages. You know, we've talked a lot about eliminating sugary beverages. Really, we should be drinking mostly water. you know, your coffee or whatever, fine, but limit those sugary beverages probably first and foremost. Um, also the, the processed foods. Mm -hmm, So anything mm -hmm. that comes in like a, a box, a bag, like chips, crackers, cookies, candies, 
<laughs> excuse me, things like that um, are just really, um, you know, high in those added sugars and will more likely contribute to fatty liver. Um, what else? Oh, alcohol. Did we talk oh, about alcohol? We did talk about alcohol, but that is a big yeah. piece. Yeah. Um, and that used to be the main cause of fatty liver mm-hmm. um, before we really had the problem with um, so much processed foods. And, you know, of course, as like obesity has increased, that has now become the number one cause. But yeah. it used to be you would only see fatty liver like in an alcoholic. Correct. Um, so... So that is another contributing factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you're exactly right, Melissa. Yeah, so step one, if we have too much energy, we just, I mean, I know it's hard. It really is hard to stop eating highly processed food because they're high in fat. You know, the high in sugar, our bodies were genetically, you know, we're opportunistic omnivores, right? We were made to eat everything we can get our hands on because back in the day, we were hunter-gatherers. We wouldn't, we would have to eat everything we can get our hands on because there wasn't that much food. Now that same that same drive and urge is still there, except now we have lots of food. Um, and and I'll, I'll say this. I mean, the big food company, the processed food company, they did solve a big problem for the world, right? Mm-hmm. Now, our number one, I mean, even now in the third world countries, one of the biggest causes of death is starvation. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, have been able to mass produce a lot of food. You know, they've been able to be able to store it, too. So back in the day, we couldn't store food. You know, mm. if you don't eat in a couple of days, you have to throw it away. And even now, like the loaf of bread that you buy, like the French bread, it's bad in like three days if you yeah. don't eat that thing versus the loaf of bread, which will stay on there for like. <laughs> yeah, it's the preservatives, all the additives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. We're not going to. I mean, they did a job what mm. they were supposed to do. Yeah. Unfortunately, Part of the thing wasn't like, don't kill us on yeah. the process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it came out of good intentions and, mm-hmm. you know, we were trying to fix one problem, but then created another. Exactly. Exactly. So like you said, the big thing is avoiding those things because the only way to not have fatty liver just is to not eat those things. And if you are going to eat them, eat less of them, mm-hmm. you know, so that deals with the problem of energy in mm-hmm. we can. And like I said, eating healthier things like fruits, vegetables, things high in fiber that will keep you fuller and it will naturally make you less likely to pick worse things. And it might take a little while for your taste buds to change, right? Like an apple is nowhere near as sweet as say a honey bun. Mm-hmm. Um, but you give it like four weeks of eating apples and all of a sudden the honey bun starts tasting way too sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Your taste buds change, your cravings change. Um, and like you, like we've talked about the, the real, you know, the honey bun, for example, yeah. you're going to feel full maybe right after you eat it, but it's going to kind of blow through really mm-hmm. quickly um, within probably an hour or two, you're hungry again. Whereas an apple with maybe some peanut butter, just kind of a more well-rounded fiber filled protein added, added um, healthy fats. Um, that type of snack is going to last you a few hours yeah. and be a lot better on, you know, your whole digestion process as well as that those sugar spikes and everything else. So. Yeah. 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 Actually, you know, I like what you said. This, this healthy fat thing, 
based on the, some of the studies on fatty liver, it seems like the Mediterranean diet seems to be one of the better ones mm-hmm. for it. Uh, of course, you know, everybody focuses on the fish and the healthy fats and stuff like that. And that's really important part of the Mediterranean diet. But the other part of it is lots of vegetables. It is a heavier plant-based type of diet mm-hmm. and lots of whole vegetables. Like, so things in their form as close to their natural, like if you looked at asparagus, it still looks like asparagus. Yeah, It's not like a, veggie straw with asparagus powder (laughs) you know so that it seems to be the that eating style really helps i mean there's detoxification there's antioxidants there's healthy fats that type of food seems to really help kind of get the fat off the liver Mm -hmm. yeah um the second piece obviously is energy balancing so the second piece is increasing exercise Mm -hmm. so increasing activity right not allowing the body to have to store so much energy by increasing muscle mass mm-hmm. uh increasing zone two exercise so for people who don't know what zone two is you want to listen to our exercise episode mm-hmm. i think a couple episodes ago but things that make you have more lean muscle or bigger muscles those your muscles can be a very good um resource to burn sugar away and right. so that is key right yeah and and as you incorporate exercise and using that in energy expenditure, you know, that's what we're what we're getting at. Um, but you're also going to be changing your uh, body composition. Correct. So if we're building lean muscle mass, our fat is also going to be distributed differently. You may even if you don't notice a big drop in the scale, you may start to notice those inches closer mm-hmm, to the belly mm-hmm. button, hopefully are getting smaller than yeah. the hips, you know, things like that, that indicate that that visceral fat is decreasing, that central adiposity is decreasing. So those are changes that we'll see oftentimes well before the scale changes. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. that being said, you know, one thing that does help improve fatty liver is weight loss, especially Mm -hmm. if you're in, you know, more of a, of an obese category. Yeah. Yeah. I think Melissa, even in your experience, once you started lifting weights, I mean, the scale might not move because you're gaining muscle, but even your inches have changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you notice that even without much change in the scale, you Mm know, Um, so take those measurements. If that's something that, you know, you're not really seeing on the scale using inches just to kind of guide your progress progress is mm-hmm. is useful too yeah yeah well and then okay the last piece and we'll talk about this we'll talk a little bit about fasting we probably will have another episode on fasting um i'll say the studies that i've done in fasting there is a role for it in metabolic disease but you do have to be careful mm-hmm. it's not for everybody probably for the super lean people you don't need to fast mm-hmm. right because what you'll end up doing because you don't have a lot of fat reserves already you're just going to be burning all your muscle away, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like the the people who are already normal weight trying to get Ozempic. You're like, what yeah. are you what are you doing? Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the people who are really struggling with metabolic disease, metabolic syndrome, uh, fatty liver disease, that is something that you can consider adding in your repertoire. Now, I would say with fasting, you want to talk to your doctor about it first because. Mm-hmm. Some meds might have to be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, timing, or t- another way to say fasting is time-dependent eating, so mm-hmm. certain times of the day. Uh, the concept with it is, and I'll just give the skinny, the concept of fasting is energy expenditure, right? We're going to go through periods where we don't have a lot of food in. It does affect insulin levels in the body. But the pitfall is when you break your fast, how do you break it? Mm-hmm. If you break it with Cheetos, 
and highly processed foods, you know, which is, I think, the concept a lot of Americans use. Like, I can just eat whatever I want during my eating period, right? Mm-hmm. What will happen is you'll have, you'll be calorie dense, but nutrient poor. And when you're doing that, your metabolism will screech to a halt because mm-hmm. it sees no nutrients. Um, if you do it and you're full of fruits and vegetables when you break your fast and you have lots of nutrients in there, so you're nutrient rich, but calorie poor, there is some benefit with that. But again, I would say that one needs to be personalized. Uh, instead of just a blanket statement. And we might end up doing an episode one day is on the pros and cons of fasting. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I think I think there's a, a lot in, you know, just nutrition culture and diet culture. And yeah, if you're going to fast, when should you fast? Right. Um, which I don't think anybody really knows all the answers. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, conflicting information out there. Um, but there are some more, you know, better studies that, mm-hmm. that may give us some insight to what might be best for some people. Yeah, yeah, right. Especially depending on your metabolic health. Right. right. So maybe the person with a lot of obesity with very highly uncontrolled diabetes, they would benefit because their energy balance is so off. Mm -hmm. But maybe some people else, they wouldn't. It would end up changing their body composition, losing a lot of bone mass and muscle mass, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of what we've seen a lot with those Olympic when people aren't eating for prolonged periods of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a time window to do it. There's a way to do it. But yes, that one will require more personalization and talking to your physician provider. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Melissa, we can wrap up around here. Any closing thoughts on fatty liver disease? Um, I think just, you know, thinking of it as another piece of your metabolic health, you know, I think it is kind of overlooked in, in a lot of ways. And just knowing that if you have metabolic conditions, um, it's something to be aware of. But really, the only fix is lifestyle. Correct. And if you make some lifestyle changes, that's going to help your metabolic conditions as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it all kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. And I think Melissa Longo will be doing this podcast podcast, the more we realize how much control you have yourself, mm-hmm. right? And it's not a genetic thing where there's nothing you can do. In fact, more and more studies have shown genetics at max may play 15% in diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease. The other 85% truly is the decisions that we make. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I'll, and I'll, I'll put this in liver disease. I mean, when we used to work in the, you know, I worked in the hospital, worked in the unit, you worked in the unit. Liver disease is just bad. Mm-hmm. It's one of the worst yeah. things that you can do. If you, yeah, if you've ever cared for somebody with end stage liver disease, it's not pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a difficult process. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, the three top three fatty liver disease now by our food, mm-hmm. alcohol mm-hmm. by our drinking, and hepatitis. Sometimes it's by blood transfusion, but even nowadays, I mean, it's never, it's not blood transfusion. It's right. other lifestyle choices will be yeah. made. Mm-hmm. And again, those are your big three that encompass, you know, they, they make up like 99% of all the liver disease and mm-hmm. it's 99% our choice. Right. So that makes Preventable. That. Preventable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Melissa, you're going on vacation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be on vacation when this airs. Yeah. So we're recording a little early. So That's right. I, I hope that I'm like on a beach in the sun. <laughs> yeah, so this is your dedication. Like you're recording early for your vacation. Yes. Well, I hope you have a blast. All right. Have a great time with the fam. All right. Yeah, thanks. we'll see each other next week. All right.